what a defence mechanism is? Do you know what your go-to defence mechanisms are? Today we're going to talk about all of the different types of defence mechanism and what they mean, what we actually do when we're doing those defence mechanisms and we're going to think about some ways to actually process your emotions rather than dipping back into these immediate responses. So there's a few. The first one is denial. We've got rationalism, projection, repression, regression, displacement, avoidance, and disassociation. And if you see me looking down, it's because I've got some notes because I want to make sure that I get this right for you guys. So let's talk very quickly about the first one, denial. One of the things that people naturally do when there's a problem in their life is pretend that it isn't happening. This can sometimes be seen as that kind of um, toxic positivity that's kind of crept into the self-help movement. This is where we are refusing to accept what is going on, accepting the facts, accepting the realities and blocking it out entirely to avoid dealing with the impact. Now this can be on some levels kind of helpful, but to, you know, too far is just living in cloud cuckoo land and pretending that the problem doesn't exist. Often you'll see this with really big issues such as breakups, grief, bereavements, other things like that. Sometimes people just, it, it's kind of a shutdown mechanism. The thing isn't happening. Um, I'll continue pretending that whatever it is that you're telling me has happened, hasn't happened, and therefore I can go ahead in my life pretending that everything is the way it was before. So the second one is rationalization. Now this, this, I think we all do this, and again, there can be some level of help to it. This is probably one of the less toxic. The next one would be rationalization. This is where we justify what's happened by explaining it away, explaining what has happened, um, trying to kind of pass the blame of the behavior or, 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 or make out as if whatever we've done, whatever's happened is okay. Now, rationalizing can be quite helpful with certain circumstances, but when we're again overusing this, something I find a lot, with, to be honest, with a lot of things that come along with trauma and behaviours, is the compulsion that is causing it the problem, as opposed to the actual behaviour. Most behaviours that we see in times of stress or, or whatever, uh, you know, times of trauma, times of issues, such as the ones that we're talking about today, in small amounts can be okay, they can be helpful, they can be, be pragmatic in some way. When there's a level of compulsion or a level of self-unaware um, use of these behaviours, that is often where we'll start to see problems arising, where people shut down on things, they, 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 they're not processing things, um, or they get stuck in, in, in obsessive compulsive behaviours. So rationalization, you know, we're explaining it away. We're trying to justify what's happened. Often we will rationalize our own, our own bad behavior. We'll often say, well, you know, I was tired. I was hangry. I was cranky. This happened to me when I was a kid. That happened the, earlier in the day. Whatever it is, often we try to rationalize our bad behavior as a way of making ourselves not feel as bad as what we do. And actually the subconscious wants to keep people feeling as if they're good people. So a lot of the time we do tend to view ourselves a little bit through rose-tinted glasses. 
Now, the next one we're going to talk about is projection. Now, you'll, you'll probably notice this one a lot. A lot of people are doing this these days. We've There's also been this spiritual thing. It's like, the, the thing you see in me is a projection of yourself. You know, well, that is true. But also, there's a level of kind of like <laughs> avoiding your own behaviours there. Um, so, you know, projection is often about displacing our own feelings and negative thoughts onto other people. Now, when people talk about, you know, the reflection of you is the projection of me or, or whatever... You know, when people talk about that, actually what they're talking about is that one, you can only experience what you already know. Two is the things that you see in other people that annoy you. Sorry. The things that you see in other people that annoy you are actually the things that you see in yourself that annoy you. Often the bad behaviours of others that really grind our gears are the things that we dislike, dislike the most about ourselves. Um... And so what we start to do, instead of kind of actually tapping into that emotion, we start to project our behavior onto somebody else. So, so for instance, um, you know, there's no greater convert, um, as they say, um, than, than somebody who's already sort of changed, you know. So think about um, people who smoke, you know, who have smoked or are trying to smoke, uh, trying to quit smoking. When they're trying to quit smoking, you'll often find people kind of getting really kind of aggressive about the smoking. Um, there's a level of projection there because they have actually, in effect, kind of disowned part of themselves. Um, and so through doing that, it, it kind of breeds this kind of feeling um, of, of kind of, you know, having a problem with, with other people doing it. And that's projection. The next one is repression. Now, this is really, really common. Um, Particularly with child trauma um, or very severe forms of trauma, things like PTSD or CPTSD, um, often we will repress our emotions. It's almost as if the thing didn't happen. I've had this, I've got trauma-induced uh, amnesia. Um, and this is when basically your brain just kind of shuts down. It's too much to deal with. It's too much to process. And so what they do is you push the thoughts, the feelings, the impulses back into the unconscious mind and you attempt to forget them. Now, that's all very well and good. You might not consciously know why you're doing some things. But again, subconsciously, this stuff comes out and it often comes out in bad behaviors or problematic um I don't know, processes, ways of dealing with things, um, so on and so forth. Now, the next one is quite interesting. This is regression. Um, and you may have heard of a thing called Arrested Development. It's not just, uh, you know, the name of that TV program. I haven't watched that. But Arrested Development is where part of the personal self um, gets arrested in development, so stops developing at a certain point. This can often be where there's a trauma happen. So uh, you will regress back to when you felt safe prior to an, to an event. So a lot of people, people with like borderline personality disorder, like I've got a lot of people with um, uh, really severe trauma, um, you might see them regress. They may have a part of themselves where they have cuddly toys and, and blankets and, and soft things and they may set their thumb, their personas may change. Um, and this is, this is about regression. They regress back to a younger self. Um, and this is a protective thing. It's part of that fawning, um, you know, where we in the flight, fight, flee, or uh, fawn. Um, the fawning part is is about kind of, you know, make yourself as unoffensive as possible. Um, and regression is part of that. Very few people would 
want to hurt a very young child um, and sometimes when we regress when we go back into that fawning actually it makes you feel safer but there's also a part of comfort where you can go back to part of your life where maybe some of the trauma that you're repressing um, isn't isn't there and the last two or three sorry we've got three more so the next one we're going to look at, look at displacement. Now displacement is about where we redirect strong emotions and frustrations towards less threatening people. So if you've got somebody in your life that is very difficult to deal with, very problematic, you may take your frustrations out on your partner who is loving. This is where they say, you know, we, we hurt the ones we love the most. And that's part of the displacement. You know, it, is, it can be very difficult to deal with threatening people and often somewhere that stress has to come out. And so that's that fight reaction. And sometimes it can be kind of like a delayed fight reaction where in the moment we don't do anything and then later we hit, you know, we blow our stack and we do it with the wrong person. We've got avoidance. Now, this is where you're consciously and subconsciously avoiding problems. And again, this can come up in things like obsessive compulsive behaviors, things like workaholism, instant gratification with drugs or alcohol or food or whatever your substance of choice may be. Could be exercise. It is instead of sitting down and dealing with the nitty gritty and the feelings that you are, you know, that are really difficult to deal with, um, and particularly with trauma sometimes it's so difficult to kind of even break down or deal with that, that a lot of people just want to run in the opposite direction from it now that's all very well and good but it's always going to be there for you to clean up when you get back so when are you going to do that um and and, and it will have to be done at some point so you know again it's it's when will you deal with that and the very last one um, is disassociation. And you may have seen me talk about this a little bit. Um, I'm starting to feel comfortable to talk about my borderline personality disorder. Um, and, and part of that is that I disassociate a lot. When something um, becomes too traumatic, I basically just go, and it's like a shutdown. And Laura checks out. It's, it's in effect that myself has pulled out of my body. I, I don't want to be here anymore. This is too difficult for me to deal with. Um, and it can look quite psychotic, I think, probably from the outside of people not knowing what's going on. Because in one moment, I could be in absolute just like, like screaming, crying and whatever. And then at some point, I'll just be like, it's almost as if something breaks. Um, and in that moment, I just go, and it's like suddenly, and it often looks very much like, like that, <laughs> just staring, the lights are on, nobody's home, because that's what's happened. I have disassociated from where I'm at, who I am, from the trauma that I'm experiencing, whatever it is. And dis disassociation is one of the um, symptoms of borderline personality disorder. It also comes along with CPTSD, with PTSD um, and other various forms of very severe trauma um, and, and, and disorders that are related to trauma. Uh, and this is basically mentally escaping to get some distance between you and the overwhelming experience. And it is incredibly, incredibly um, 
uh, common. And, and I, I think that there's quite a lot of crossover with other kind of um, neurodiverse um, conditions such as ADHD, um, Asperger's, autism. Um, and, and, and really, the things that we need to do to be able to deal with our trauma is to slowly start to face them. Um, you know, regression can be helpful, like mental regression can be helpful for people who have repressed stuff. Um, but, but for my experience, having having um, trauma-induced, uh, uh, I can never remember this thing, it's like so traumatic for me to say it, I forget the bloody phrase, uh, trauma-induced amnesia, it's ironic, it really is, <laughs> trauma-induced amnesia, um, you know, I've had things suggested to me, about hypnotherapy and hypno-regression and all of these sorts of things, I, I would say that the, your, body and, your body and your brain and your subconscious knows when things can be released, um, and to go slowly with unpacking trauma, whatever your um, style of running and from trauma uh, is, um, and trauma coping mechanisms. But I think something that's really, really important is to do it slowly, um, to do it steadily, um, to deal with things as and when they crop up. So um, you may get triggered with something, and, and a lot of the time, you know, the, the, the immediate response for people when they get triggered is to, oh my God, let's stop the trigger. Um, however, just just to be self-aware of that moment, it might not be that you're in a position where you can sit down and deal with the trigger in that moment, but maybe keep a little notebook with you or write a note on your phone, you know, trigger, what was the trigger, how did it make you feel, what were you feeling in that moment, if you can't deal with it right then, then shut it down and do it when you can. Um, I would suggest that if you're in a safe space and um, you're on a fairly even keel emotionally, um, I would suggest that if you get triggered by something or one of these things begins to crop up and you have the self-awareness to recognize that that's happening in that moment, which is very difficult, to sit down, name your emotion. I like to put my hand on my heart. What am I feeling? I'm feeling sad. Why am I feeling sad? What was the trigger? Okay, the trigger was X, Y, Z. Normally the trigger is something in your present day life, but it isn't the present day problem that is the issue. Normally the present day problem reminds you of something that's happened to you as a child in your past within the traumatic experience. Um, so for instance, if you were um, abused as a child, uh, okay, this is a good one. Uh, I used to work with a guy who used to bang the door open, really like just doing it funnily. And he used to, you know, it was a joke to him. But for me, it would trigger a PTSD response, um, which would then create huge amounts of kind of like stress, anxiety that wouldn't drop off for quite a long time. And I said to him, I was like, dude, you've got to stop doing that because um, because it's triggering a massive reaction in me. Luckily, we had a good relationship where I could do that. Now, was it that him opening the door was scaring me. That was the trigger in the moment. But the actual problem was that fear of who was coming in. The problem is that fear that it represented anger, animosity, turmoil, and violence to me. And that wasn't what was happening in the moment. What was happening in the moment was something that was jovial and fun. But actually, for me, it was representing really severe fear and terror and that's why that trigger was really problematic for me um now i feel if i wasn't introspective i could just sit there and go i don't like it when somebody bangs a door that guy's irritating and i could have started to project my problems onto the guy instead i said to my friend you know dude you're, you're affecting me can you not do that he was like okay yeah cool um and and he was aware i had ptsd and stuff um 
So, um, and then in that moment, you need to sit down and realize what it is. And really the root of that issue is a lack of feeling safe. Now, when you recognize in that moment in the staff office with your colleague who has never has abused you, <laughs> you're, you are safe. You can start to pop your hand on your heart. You could go to the bathroom if you need to and have a few minutes. I could put my hand on my heart and say, right now I'm feeling fearful and I'm fearful because I am frightened of being of attacked, of being violently abused that is what I am frightened of and then in that moment I can speak to my inner child and say look little Laura you are safe I am here to protect you the situation is not the same situation that has caused the original trigger and you can start to do some self-soothing and to start soothing the inner child that didn't get it in the original moment that actually caused the trauma response so um, that's that. I hope that was helpful for you guys. If you've got any questions, if you've got some ways that you deal with trauma responses, this is a community I want to hear from all of you. We're all learning from each other. It's amazing. Um, you know, so click subscribe, join the family. Um, let's get with healing our trauma and turning it into empowerment because we've all got it. Um, so let's. So let's. And you know, there might be something that you can tell me that can help me. Um, and it, whatever you do to help yourself might help somebody down there in the comments. That, that that hasn't you know so let's help each other what do you think what do you do when you're traumatized are you aware of your triggers what have you learned today have you got anything else to add i love you all very much have a wonderful christmas i got my little christmas jumper on but i'll see you all soon bye oh i just start choking Good night. Okay. Now the next rationalizing can be quite helpful with some certain set. Rationalizing can be quite helpful with certain set. Oh.